Agency Click presenting Everything Film from uh, the Shark Club in downtown Vancouver. Joe Leary along with Patrick Shelton. Hailing from Winnipeg, Manitoba and uh, weighing in and checking in at a ruggedly handsome six foot five. It's actor-producer Alec Ponovic. Nice to have you down in, in person with us. We were just talking about my name and we you said it wrong. We were just talking. Ponovic. Alex. Alex, Alex Ponovic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was more dwelling on the fact that you're from Winnipeg. Right. You're a good Canadian kid, and yeah. you've done extremely well, and... Uh, You've got an exciting new project, which we're going to get more into in a bit, but starring Sir Anthony Hopkins. Mm. It's called Zero Contact. It's an NFT, and I want you guys eventually to well, try and I'm, I'm, explain I'm, to me what NFT well, is. First of all, I'm really glad to have you here. Really Thanks. impressed. And when I was looking through your IMDb and seeing what, what you've done and your accomplishments, fantastic. And then I go, I'm looking and I go, how cool to have this guy because, and it sounds really crazy, like on the show... The zero contact. You're on the movie poster, right? And I mean, it's that awesome. is. And then I thought, is there any else where you're on? And I go, no, that is really cool, Anthony <laughs> Hopkins. Yeah. And then your face is yeah. there on the. And, and we're gonna put it up on a, for every, all our, our viewers to see and right. everything. How cool is that, dude? That it, it was pretty next level when Rick Dugdale, who produced and directed it, and it was first first time directing a feature, which he did a phenomenal job in, especially in the circumstances we had of shooting this all in Zoom. But, um, you know, and I've worked with Anthony before on another project with Rick, and I did not think that I was going to be on the poster. So when it happened, I was, I was like, I was losing it. I was, it was that, phenomenal. That and he's so one of my right? favorites, too. Yeah. Like, I, the first time I worked with him, and there were so many stories that I had about the advice that he gave. And, and then to be able to not only have another chance to work with him, but actually co-star with him and be on the poster, I mean... I could retire now. The, the, the <laughs> dude's next level, man. And I guess he's very disarming because would, you would think someone of his caliber and someone of his, you know, his wealth in the, in on stage and screen would sort of carry this element of aura about him. But he's a very disarming guy. It's like, hey, I'm I'm Tony. Yeah, yeah. I, and but he does carry that. Like you, you feel the, the room get like thicker when he walks in, but then he disarms everybody because I think everybody has that thing of the, they, mm -hmm. they admire his work so much that when he walks into the room, everyone, you know, is a fan of his and he just totally, hey, I'm Tony, let's work this scene. And it was it was eye-opening because for me, my brain was in, in the idea of like, what what are you doing differently that you're this? Like, mm -hmm. how can I, and he gave me the best advice. He said, you know, you'll never get there. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> What? He goes, because I was, the whole time I was talking about him, I was like, like, what do you do? Like, I was doing these gestures. And he said, when you do those gestures, you're never going to reach what, I didn't put myself up there, you did. We just did a scene and we were just partners. So just be present and be relaxed and enjoy your time. Don't look for any secret thing. That would, like, stuff like that we were talking about and, and that really kind of, it settled on me. Well, Patrick referred to the, the depth of the resume, which we're certainly going to get into, but you've worked with a ton of people without mentioning names, because I know you wouldn't anyway, but have there been people that don't have that Steven casual... Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you went there? Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit, uh, not as cool as Tony Hopkins and not as disarming as, so, oh, you know... You know, there's some, there's some people that have that, that spotlight and treat people kindly and people want to be inspired by, and there's some people that don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Enough said. Okay. Enough said. That was <laughs> had, do, you, do you know Jerry Trimble? We had mm. him on. You're right. You must know him. Jerry. Jerry is a legend. On. We not, had him on a couple. Uh, not yeah. only is he one of the best actors, P 
period, not yeah. just in the city, but um, his fight resume. Mm -hmm. Like I, my buddy Tomo and I would watch his fight reel before I knew Jerry. So right, when I right. got to meet Jerry, I was just super. I was a fanboy. Yeah, yeah. he's he's great. I love Jerry. Yeah, we had him on. Yeah. We had him on. He uh, he definitely and his fight scene with Tom Cruise, and he was very complimentary. He said that Cruise is the real deal. Like this guy was not mailing it in. He was right. actually doing all that work. But I'm sure that you know there's a lot of people that you've uh, interacted with over the course of your career, and I, it's kind of like a waltz down memory lane oh. when you look at your IMDb because it's kind of like some of the the icons of what's gone on in the film and television industry in Vancouver, B.C. For example, Stargate. I mean, mm -hmm. these are things that you know people may not have seen in a number of years. Stargate, Battlestar Galactica, The 100, Psych, Supernatural, obviously, mm -hmm. Van Helsing, which you... You uh, were just, we well, were just talking I, when about. When I was reading your IMDb, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just I'm just kind of like going back. You m came into shows out of Winnipeg, right? Like your first three or four. Like you're so you're in Winnipeg, you're getting into this. Like yeah. obviously you you live there. Yeah. So like, what were the first two or three that you remember from uh, Winnipeg? <coughs> and there was a couple big I, ones. It's so right? funny that you said that because I did one of the first ones that I did where I had a little acting because I started I basically was was doing stunts. Right. Right. Um, I started acting, and then the stunt community is so small there. Rick Rick Skeen, who is like the the guru of stunts in Winnipeg, phenomenal guy, kind of my mentor. He got me into it. And then I was the boxing coordinator for Sam Neill and Rob Lowe on a movie called Frame that Rick Dugdale was okay, a producer Okay, 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 right, and that, right. And we're talking about 20 years ago. Right. So that chain with being connected to Rick has been pretty, pretty oh, cool. Oh, fantastic, yeah. So you've made the rounds of the Vancouver circuit. Uh, what are some of the stories from some of those... Uh, some of those series we talked about, like, for example, Stargate, Battlestar Galactic. What are the memories that come back for you? Friendships. It's, a, it's always been friendships and, and, and having a great working relationship with people you, that you just worked with. Like one of my, I'm still super tight with people on, on Battlestar Galactica. My best friend Tomo and I have been buds since, since like for, for 20 years. So I still have great friends that I've worked on shows that I've, you know, brought on to Van Helsing and brought on to indie shows and, and Stargate. You know, I did Stargate and Stargate Atlantis where I became uh, good buddies with Jason Momoa mm -hmm. and worked with him there and then on his new show C. Um, so, yeah, I think friendships and relationships are the biggest thing that I take away from all of these shows. Was it in your DNA from the get-go that this path career-wise was what you wanted to pursue? I, that's a great way to put it. I think it was in the DNA. I just didn't know it. Um, I, I grew up and I, I wasn't very very good in school. My attention span was, was all over the place and I played in a band since I was like 13 to into my 30s um, and just touring around. I loved being in front of an audience and I loved entertaining. That was one of the big things. So to see, you know, we wrote a bunch of songs and to see someone get affected by a song that you and your guys wrote, that to me was always the fuel to keep going and, and it, was, it was an easy progression into acting for me because you get to affect people in, in a manner that you know they wouldn't be affected or, or look at issues that they may not have looked at before and so yeah i i think it was definitely in the dna in that aspect of you seem you're very experienced and articulate and i can tell you're a good actor i, I mean i would hire you like if i <laughs> if i ever had the power i would but you know mental note you know but um i read 
something and I, I something when I was going like researching you a little bit for the show about typecasting and mm -hmm. um, like what maybe you could elaborate on that and like you know how, do you think you've been typecasted and that's I just think, the way it is I think every actor is typecast yeah and you, yeah. you that's why you have to earn your roles and you know there's great stories out there with extremely successful actors that right. have to audition for roles because no one saw them in that specific role and you know, you, every, you know, I'm I'm a big I'm six five. So when I first started out, I was the thug. I was yeah. hang on, hang on. Yeah. you're ruggedly handsome six five. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so you know, they they immediately you know see the image and then go right. that guy would look perfect and be perfect in this. Just as long as he can spit the lines, I, I don't care because he looks great. Right. So then then you get into the aspect, you know, and and it was fine getting into those roles when I first started, but I knew I wanted to tell bigger and better stories for right. myself and make it more interesting for myself. So I just started, you know, um, doing short films and producing short films and putting myself in a position where I would get people You're kind of changing me. it a little bit, yeah. right? Well, you know what, it's important to bring that up because I, I think that I think that that's sort of your message that you're giving, right? I, I, You've got more to offer than, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's important that, and it's, it's a good thing that those stereotypes have changed to some degree because the world has changed. Like, for example, you know, the 50s and 60s, the Leave it to Beaver was considered the typical American family. Mm -hmm. Well, not every father is, you know, weighing or, you know, clocking in about 5'11 and wearing a suit and tie to the office. Those days have changed. A father can be anything. A mm -hmm. mother can be anything. Mm -hmm. A family can mm -hmm. be anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think it's important that the film and television industry reflect that. And would you not agree that there has been a there has been a paradigm shift? I definitely see the paradigm shift. And, it, and it's a beautiful thing to look at because, you know, you really had to... F I, I never minded fighting for my roles and proving for it. Like, I've been offered a bunch of roles, and I love offers, but there's something about doing the work and the director going, yeah, that's what I want, then getting onto set and doing what you brought to the table. And there's another thing when you get an offer and you bring what you want to set, and the director's like, oh, that's not what I had mm -hmm. in mind. So the, I, love, I love the audition aspect of it. So they have more and more opportunities with the casting directors that are opening up the, the, the funnel a little bit more. Um, for anything and everything that goes. And what's right for the role is right for the role. So what's the role that has eluded you thus far? <coughs> what, what, what is some type of character that you would really dig playing that just hasn't landed on your, your desk or your agent's desk thus far? Yeah, you know, I'm always the guy that is going to jail. I would like to be a detective. <laughs> I would like to be like, like, a, like almost like a true detective. Yeah, Remember? yeah that type of vibe I would mm, like to do. Mm. Yeah. How has the pandemic changed the industry? I think, you know, it, 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 it's uh, such an interesting thing because there's a lot of things I loved about the industry before the pandemic, especially because I'm very much, uh, you know, a touchy-feely dude, like high fives and hugs and, and getting that team aspect. And now that that's been taken away, it's kind of hard to connect with people around. I'm very, I love the idea of, of a team going into battle and making this project. Um, and now it's just a little bit more, you know, um, a little more distance to, with everybody. But also, the, you know, everyone's staying on point and being clean because there's nothing like, you know, having a crafty table and 250 people are digging their hands in the chip bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you want to stay away from that chip bowl. That doesn't happen anymore. But, um, I, but I also think that film is still moving forward. And, and what, what's been great, along with what we did with Zero Contact, is... We stayed creative during the pandemic and we shot a film all on Zoom. Like we like to talk about how this film was, was done without a handshake. And to have the caliber of um, artists a part of it 
and the same amount of people behind the scenes like you would have on a film if we were actually shooting it that was really interesting to dive dive into and just work this film um, all through Zoom. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. More with Alex Ponovic when we come back. We'll talk more about Zero Contact, the NFT concept on everything film from Shark Club in downtown Vancouver.